know, when we're out there together, it's, it's more like dynamic and it's hard, tougher to guard when you got numerous guys who can spread the floor and also shoot and drop. But like, you know, this time will come with that, you know, being able to play, you know, with Mike and, you know, the other guys where it would be more dynamic on the floor. But I just feel like the connection just there. Like I know, mm -hmm. like when it kicked the mic, he, you know, when, like, if it's not there, he hand it back, play off the screen, you know, he spread out to the full point line. It's just making it more tougher to guard, you know, when you got so many dynamic scores out there. Oh, Sorry, okay. No, I mean, I, I mean, as soon as he came out, the second time I said, man, we got to figure out a way to get us on the floor together because the, the the type of game we play, the shots we shoot, we understand each other. We understand the tough shots that, that we can make and shoot. So it just makes it easier to play with each other. You know what I mean? So we said it tonight on the bench. We were talking to each other. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest uh, Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Of course, uh, That was, of course, uh, Michael Porter Jr. in Bones Highland talking post-game of that uh, uh, game they played against the Chicago Bulls, which was the last game as of this recording. They play again tonight against the Phoenix Suns at Ball Arena. Um, and I've kind of switched this up. Uh, I was going to talk about Jamal Murray in the season of No Excuses uh, series. Um, I kind of moved uh, Michael Porter Jr. forward um, because of that specific quote uh, from him. First, you heard Bones Highland, then you heard Michael Porter Jr. And we're going to be talking about that particular thing. Um, has shout out to Adam Marez. Uh, he's the kind of person who kind of made me move this forward. This was going to be part of what I, the milieu of what I was going to be talking about, uh, on the, the next step episode after this, after I talked about Jamal, but this kind of made me move it forward because there are things that Adam didn't say that today on Locked On Nuggets that I can provide and color in. Uh, first of all, Adam said he's the biggest Michael Porter Jr. fan in the Denver media. Uh, that is wrong. I am. Um, but uh, second, secondly, we've we've gone to a, a a point where we need to address a giant elephant in the room when it comes to Michael Porter Jr. Now, we when we when we talked about Nikola Jokic in the last episode in the season of No Excuses, we talked about how Jokic um, needed to find out how he can work with Michael Porter Jr. Then the the things that he could do to um, uh, help make that happen. Uh, I am going to be addressing this from Michael Porter Jr.'s perspective now and how he can help himself with uh, with uh, Jokic. Um, there could be a healthy compromise that is reached that they haven't got so far. And one of the frustrating things about this relationship is um, they are both independently great basketball players who think about basketball in completely different ways. And if we're going to uh, really kind of crack this nut, it is going to have to be uh, breaking the shell of the disconnect between the two. And the disconnect is real and the disconnect is uh, wide. They don't, they, as I'm going to reiterate what I said in the last podcast, um, Nicole Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. do not see basketball the same way. They have completely different worldviews. Um, despite being relatively similar in age, I think Jokic is three years older than uh, than Mike. Um, but despite being relatively similar age, they don't look at life the same way. Um, they, despite both guys being extremely religious, uh, they have don't even have a connection there. There is no, there is there is 
they it's almost like they speak two completely different languages. And if you're going to have a coherent and cohesive team, um, you are going to, and by, by, by languages, by the way, I mean basketball language, um, you're going to need to have a compromise or a meeting in the middle. And it seems like Jokic wants Porter to do only what he wants to, what, what Jokic wants him to do. And Mike doesn't completely, I don't, I wouldn't say disregards it, but doesn't look at basketball like Jokic. Um, Caveat here and all things considered, the person who won back-to-back MVPs is the person who deserves probably the most benefit of the doubt in this situation, okay? And obviously, um, as with anything, Michael Porter Jr., it's uh, the audacity and how dare you, and I can't believe you're saying this, and I can't believe you're thinking this way. But in the second half of the podcast, I will tell you how... It's probably not what people are thinking and how and explain how his mind view is uh, not necessarily different from basically any other basketball player who comes up uh, uh, in the United States. Um, But in the first part, I'm going to talk to you about how he can meet Jokic halfway. Um, The biggest issue between Jokic and Porter is the issue that is exacerbated by Michael Malone um, refusing to stagger lineups um malone's lack of um desire to do that sort of thing has exacerbated the disconnect between the two i'm 100 convinced of this in factoring into this situation you know i i, I went I, and in the malone part of this season of, uh, of no excuses i talked about how the coaches don't necessarily have as big a impact um, in the NBA as uh, as you get a more veteran team. As a team gets more veteran, a coach has to learn to give up control. One of the things that you, that uh, Malone has struggled with the most is giving up control, ceding control of the, of, of the machinations of an offense to uh, basically Nikola Jokic. Um, but here is where he hasn't helped the situation with Porter and um, – Jokic, considering that Michael Porter Jr. has deficiencies on defense that that need to be covered for, and it's going to be part of the second part of this podcast. But uh, Malone hasn't helped himself. Um, He has been extremely slow to react to Mike having a mentality that basically he he has got the American basketball mentality. The American basketball mentality is not the same as Nikola Jokic, and this and and the and the Nuggets have been trying to find a balance between Jokic's way of viewing basketball, which he's the back-to-back MVP. It's worked. Obviously, you cannot tell him he's wrong with this, but at the same time, the Nuggets have had relatively little success in the playoffs, injuries considered, um, and then you got the bubble, which you can either discount or overemphasize. I, I, come, I come down the middle on that, at that aspect. Um, so the Nuggets are in a weird position to where they have one basketball player who is the back-to-back MVP and basically carried the Denver Nuggets without Jamal and Mike last year to the playoffs um, with basically a bunch of role players um, uh, and to the sixth seed, which was remarkable when you were even more remarkable when you think about it. Flip side of that is that, is that Jokic gets up. You can tell he gets upset at, at Mike with shots that Mike takes within the starting unit of the Denver Nuggets. 
Um, but the, the interesting thing is Jokic and Murray, well, well, Murray played a little um, against Chicago, but then went out with a uh, uh, hamstring and um, or thigh, tight thigh, as they said. Um, and it was basically Porter playing and with bones the rest of the game. And what you heard in that clip was Mike talking about freedom and the knowledge that he can basically hit any shot he wants to take. The Mike is, um, and I think where, where we have been doing Mike a disservice is that our, we have been warped mentally by the way that Jokic approaches basketball. And, I think we in the media have to admit that um, that's not usual. Um, the NBA is the the in, the in this situation the Nuggets due to Jokic are very much the outlier and finding players that fit in expertly and efficiently and like a glove with Jokic is very hard, particularly if you're coming with American players. Um, so with Porter, you have drafted someone who is was groomed to be a star, was a star, missed a bunch of time due to injury, and basically has the same mentality. And what you hear with with Porter every time is that I know my game. And this is where the battle has commenced. And this is where I think the Nuggets can compromise. They have they as I discussed in the last episode, the Nuggets have been trying to turn Michael Porter Jr. into Clay Thompson, and that has been an enormous misstep on their part. Um, he is too slow to be Clay Thompson. He is too big to be Clay Thompson. Um, he is not the same player as Clay Thompson. And putting him in the Clay Thompson role has been an enormous disservice to Michael Porter Jr. Um, what they needed to do is make him into a basically a super Danilo Gallinari, a bigger six foot ten, six foot eleven player who can post and do all this stuff. They put him in the post in this last game, and he had a good shot out of it. He can pass out of the post. It is a different. He is a different, completely set of, of player than Clay Thompson. And the Nuggets slow to realize this sort of thing has really been a disservice. However, Mike does take bad shots. Mike does disrupt the flow of the offense, kind of like Gallo did in 2017. Um, On the flip side of that, as much as it annoyed, and it did annoy uh, Nikola Jokic that Gallo would do that, that 2016-17 offense that the Nuggets played in, which is Gallo's last year, was one of the best offenses the Denver Nuggets have uh, produced. It 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 was certainly different from some of the other offenses I've viewed in the last 35 years that I've been uh, watching this team. Uh, this Nuggets team uh, that year had an, it just it, Chris Finch was on, was the one of the assistant coaches on that team. And it was just, it was, it was a high flying offense that had terrible defense, but they almost made the playoffs that year. That was the Russell Westbrook year where he, you know, goes crazy in that game and the truck crowds cheering for him. Um, where the Nuggets can compromise is understanding that Mike's mentality is likely not going to change at this point. And the refusal for the Nuggets to understand this has been part of the problem. Um, some of it is on Jokic and his obvious frustrations with with Mike because he won't adapt to Jokic ball. Um, but out there on the flip side of that is um is the the Nuggets are trying to fit a 
square peg into a round hole. Michael Porter Jr. is Michael Porter Jr. And the Nuggets have not optimized his skill because they have been trying to make him into Clay Thompson. What they can do is just stop trying to make him into Clay Thompson. That is their end. On 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 Mike's end, maybe hold back on the shooting while you're in the starting lineup. You know, pick your spots in the starting lineup. You're going, you're a starter, you're good enough to be a starter. Um hold back on that because the whole learn the offense thing is not going great. Um, Mike doesn't either doesn't want to, or can't learn this offense. Um, so what the Nuggets should do is say, okay, you space the floor, get your opportunities when you can, and you'll get, you'll feast in, with the second unit. Um, and Mike has got to understand that um, Jokic is still going to roll his eyes and have bad body language with his shot selection. I don't think Mike cares. Otherwise he would adjust to that. Um, I think on his end, he's just got to stop shooting. You know, he's got to, he's got to understand that his role within that offense is to be ancillary to Jamal and Nicola. And then he can get his in the second unit, kind of like a Scotty Pippen thing with the bulls. It is, it is not taking a lesser role. It is understanding that the starting unit is inevitably going to be the Jamal and Jokic show. And uh, rather than try to force yourself into it, he needs to understand that the way he can be the full MPJ is in is in the second unit. And that, and I'm going to talk about this, and this is going to bring Malone into Malone into this in this season of no excuses. Um, you know, quite frankly, this could be the last year who any, and who knows at this point, but this is the first year of Mike's extension contract. Um, this could be the last year that these guys are together. If Mike stays healthy all year, he's going to be boosting his trade value. Um, this season of no excuses involves Michael Porter Jr. And if the Nuggets obviously have cast their lot with, with the two-time MVP, um, and if it's not going to work and it's detrimental, then obviously the person who is most likely to be on his way out would be Michael Porter Jr. If that was the case, so they have this year, Malone, Jokic, Porter, they all uh, they have this year to make it work. A little less with Jamal. Jamal, I think, understands a little more than Jokic that Mike's going to need to get his shots. Um, and you saw it in the Bulls preseason game before Jamal went out that, you know, kind of did says Jamal intrinsically understood that Mike was going to need to need, need to score and need to get his shots. And he, he got a ton in that first quarter, but it's going to take a group effort, including Mike, under kind of understanding that he is number three in the starting unit, but he could be number one when they stagger. And he understanding that he will get his points with the second unit more than he will in the starting unit. And if Mike understands that and understands it's all part of basketball, that will be make it easier on him. You know, people think that I make excuses for Mike all the time. Honestly, we don't have enough um, information on Michael Porter Jr. for me to make excuses for him. The guy doesn't have enough history on the basketball court for me to be an apologetic person. I just want to see it. 
And um, I'm hoping that Malone, Jokic, and Porter all compromise with themselves and understand that everyone is going to have to meet each other halfway. Um, there are just ways that they can do it. And for Mike, more importantly, he's going to, and I, it, he's going to have to understand that in the starting unit, it's just Jamal and, and Jokic and sometimes Mike and sometimes Aaron and in, and KCP. But in the second unit is where Mike can, if Malone decides to stagger, that is where he can make his bones. And in the, no pun intended, and in the second part of this podcast, I'll talk to you more about my vision on this and how the Nuggets have kind of done Mike dirty by by trying to turn him into something he is not. But first, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple of blocks away from Coors Field or in the middle of Dairy Block, they are always online at bfwdenver.com. You can get whites, you can get reds, you can get pinot, you can get cabernet, you can get uh, any varietal that you want, uh, all from Sonoma County, um, California, and uh, made from custom-made wine for you, shipped out here. But they do have partnerships with Western Slope Wineries, um, wines that are curated just for you from the state of Colorado. This really is a local business. Um, but if you go down to BFW Denver, uh, excuse me, behind your family wines in the dairy block is a like right now before the weather turns cold is like the perfect time to go down there. Sit outside if it's during the day, you can sit outside on the on in the alleyway and just have a wonderful time, um, with a glass of wine. If you go at night, it's an it's a wonderful place. The couch is my favorite place to to uh, sit on there, but they have other you know it's 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 just such a beautiful area and it's got great wine and you'll love it. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. Okay, well now we have reached the point where I am going to be critical of the Denver Nuggets with how they've handled Michael Porter Jr., specifically Michael Malone. Michael Malone is a reflection of Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic um, struggles with Michael Porter Jr. He struggles with him more than he has any player since Neil Gallinari. And while Gallo had enough veteran um, enough veteran in him to not worry about what Jokic thought of him in 2017. Um, the situation is different right now. The Denver Nuggets is very much need. Um, uh, they very much need Michael Porter Jr. to be the offensive fire plug that they haven't figured out how to use. And they've done him dirty by trying to turn him into Clay Thompson. I've said it over and over and over again. He is not freaking Clay Thompson. He is bigger. He cannot move like Clay Thompson. They have tried to do this over and over, and it has been a complete disservice to Michael Porter Jr. And I keep when the reason I keep bringing this up is that I have been hearing from sources close to to the Nuggets and 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 Mike. The name Clay Thompson all the time. And Clay is not the same player. Mike is not the same player as Clay. 
Mike is a great shooter. Uh, Mike, when Mike is healthy, he can shoot the lights out. Uh, but they have kind of done a disservice to his size. And it was very interesting to me that Mike got some post-ups as such as they are with him. I mean, he is not, you know, Lou Alcindor. Uh, he's not, he's not Kareem. He's not, he's not going to post up and, and, and do, and, and have a move. Um, but getting him in a pinch will actually open up him with the offense. Cause he's got, as I said before, a great mid range game, turning him into a player similar to Danilo Gallinari is a, a better version, by the way, lest people get upset at me, um, has always been where, uh, Michael Porter jr. Should be. Um, and if he had a little bit more of an ISO game, which he doesn't, and, the, and which is, which is funny, people like always get on Mike for, for breaking the rhythm of the offense, but it's always about shooting. He doesn't ISO the ball. He doesn't hold the ball and dribble and get his shot. That's not how, that's not his game. It's, it's just, he doesn't wait for pass number five in order to, you know, get his, his thing. You know, the, it's interesting when the, that quote that I played at the beginning of this podcast was obviously, in my view, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I can't look into Mike's head, but it was obviously a response to Malone and his comments post uh, Oklahoma City game, uh, which was, I think, at the practice the next day or the, the next practice where he was talking about Mike's um contested two that he made and how it being a bad shot clearly mike has had that on his brain and there's just no other way around that and he's like with bones we understand that we both can make these shots and he feels comfortable in that situation much like his buddy trey young all right those two grew up together those two in aau those two are close uh, there's a lot of Trey Young in uh, Michael Porter Jr., but Michael Porter Jr. is a once-in-a-generation size meets talent with shooting. Um, I am concerned that it's just not heading for um, a storybook ending, um, which is what it is, um, but they have this year to prove it. And this is it, by folks. Um, this year... They're, they're not going to have multiple years unless they substantially progress. This year basically is the prove it year. This is this is why this is the year of no excuses. And this is a year of no excuses for Mike. Mike needs to be able to prove that he can both do what he does and play with Jokic. This is it's it's on Mike to thread this needle largely. Obviously, there are things that Michael Malone can do. There are things that Jokic can do. But but Mike is going to have to, uh, as I said in the first part, Mike's going to have to understand he's not going to get his shots in the starting unit. That's just the way things are, unless Jamal gets injured. And obviously, it is was once Jamal got injured in uh, 2021, you saw how much Mike's offense exploded at the latter half of that year. Because Mike, that's just, you know, it was inevitable. There's more shots to go around. If Mike accepts that unless there's injury, that Jamal and Jokic are going to get the lion's share, depending obviously on who's guarding who or who has it that night, 
then he can go to that second unit. If Malone decides to put him in the second unit, which he should, um, like by that I mean stagger, not bring him off the bench. Um, if Malone decides to, to stagger and break with his um, uh, a seven-year, seven-and-a-change uh, history of not really being a fan of staggering, if he breaks that, he'll see that Mike can go to the bench and feast. And he can keep Mike happy that way. Some of this is on Malone. Malone has really done Mike a little dirty by being so rigid. And if he was a little less rigid, that'd be good for him on the offensive end. On the defensive end, um, that's all Mike. Um, now, Mike will never be a great one-on-one defender because, once again, he's big, he's slow. Um, and he's in it, but he can improve his attentiveness. And that is one thing that Mike has struggled with is being attentive. If you're attentive, you will at least be in position. No one is going to, and and if Malone's asking uh, him to be a great one-on-one defender, he's delusional, okay? But it, no one, I think, is asking him to be that. They just need him to be good enough, okay? And he still like, has blow-bys where he's not paying attention and all this stuff. It is just something that is consistent with him, and it's not going to impress anybody if he's just going to be a sieve. That's on Mike. And this is his year of no excuses to prove that he can be not a liability on defense. And that and that really truly is where we're at right now with him. He needs to prove he's not a liability. And if he can do that, I mean, hand to God, if he can do that, that is 75% of the battle. The offensive stuff comes natural to him. He doesn't have to think about his offense, as you heard in that quote. He just he just and I don't think I don't think he since he's an instinctual I'm a great shooter kind of player. That is why there's some struggles with the Jokic offense where it involves waiting for cuts and doing all of that stuff, um, which is the battle um, on as far as that goes. Um, but if if he understands he's not going to get as many looks in the starting unit, but when he staggers into the second unit, he's going to feast. I think. I think it will be a more comfortable situation for the Nuggets. I never think it's going to be completely comfortable, but it would be more comfortable. And I'm hoping that Mike gets to that point. All right, folks, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be back uh, in a couple days with another episode. Goodbye.